It's your girls, Kelsey and Taylor, back at it again with some more real life shit. Making you feel like you're not the only crazy one in this world. So grab a drink or a coffee and and let's do the damn thing. Welcome back to another episode of the Unfiltered Talk Show. I'm your host, Kelsey. And I'm your host, Taylor. And today we are back with a special guest. Super excited that Taylor brought this person to me. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like I'm all down for meeting new people. I'm as well love sharing other people's stories. Like that's my biggest thing. The minute she told me about this story, I'm like, I'm all over it, Mm -hmm. all over it. Yeah, and this guy has a fucking story. Like, (laughs) he's got a fucking (laughs) novel. I'm going to kind of lead this only because Mitchell and I have known each other for what? How many years now, Mitchell? Since we're nine, so almost almost 20 years. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Poor Mitchell. (laughs) Hey, we were both equally as crazy, right? Yeah, growing up with Mitchell, I don't know, dude, I... I knew there was something special. You know what I mean? You let people honestly treat you like shit. And then the next day you'd be like, oh, I'll help you if they needed something. It was sickening. It made me sick. But anyways, I actually got so pissed off with it one time. I got myself suspended in grade 10 for sticking up for Mitchell. Aww. Yeah. Let's get Mitchell to introduce himself before people are like, wait, what, who, where, when? Tell us, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want people to know? Give us the deets. Uh, <laughs> the deets. I don't know where to start. I guess my name's Mitchell, uh, also known by my performing name, Sima Down. I am a drag queen activist, performer, so many titles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm the queen of Fort McMurray, you could say. <laughs> you are the queen of Fort McMurray. Fucking own it. I am yeah. the queen of Fermic Murray. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I am. Yeah, you, you exactly. <laughs> do you remember the first day we met? No, I don't remember the first day we met. I do because I embarrassed myself. <laughs> Did you? If you, t- if you tell me, I'll probably remember. So let's hear it. Okay. So, you know, I don't know if schools still do this, but like our public school or elementary school, they, um, the first day of school, I had everyone's names on the billboards outside the classroom. And like, we didn't get a lot of new kids. So I was, uh, I remember looking and seeing. Yeah, small town probs. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's this Taylor? And I, <laughs> so I went out. So our school day always started with recess. So I remember going through the hallway, seeing, checking out, okay, there's a new Taylor kid. And um, so I would go outside and I'm like, okay, who is this? And so I go up to, uh, the group of girls that are there because we had a very small class. There was only what, 22 of us, something like that. And so, and it was mostly all boys. And so the girls, there was like six of them. And I went up to the group of girls and I was like, Hey, did you see there's a new Taylor kid? I hope it's a boy. We don't want no stupid. We don't need any more girls. (laughs) And I was standing right there. And you were right there. And you're like, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine this. Oh, yeah. And I was such an ass, right? Like that tough bitch. Like, excuse me. <laughs> We're also like, what, nine, ten years old at the time? So yeah. like, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, thought I was a hot shot. Oh, I do remember that now. You were such <laughs> <Yeah>. a bitch. <laughs> it's all flashbacks. Yeah. We don't need another stupid girl. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You're 
like ready to fight, man. Like, what? yeah. Like, who do you think you are? Yeah. No, it was pretty cool. And then I don't know. Then we were best. Like, we were always close friends. Like, we hung out with different people, but Mitchell and I always kept in contact. Yeah. Well, it was like when when was it that our parents became really close? Because there was like a yeah. year or so where. Our parents were, like, best friends. Well, our moms work together. Yeah. And then, like, Mitchell and his sister would come out on our boat on Lake Baptiste and stuff. And you'd come to our families for barbecues and, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, once we got into high school, there was, like, what, a year or two when you, Veronica, and I were, like, inseparable. Best friends. Yeah. Yeah. We had the same spare, so we'd just, like, go driving. Off-roading in your... trail. Just the road ended and it was suddenly a skidoo trail, but we're fully in my Ford Explorer, just trucking it through this tiny bush trail. Yeah. And Mitchell backed into a fucking tree <laughs> so hard. <laughs> oh, it was good times. <laughs> that was good times. That's- yeah. And then we were roommates in the youth hub. Yep. Then we were roommates. Yep. <laughs> do you remember this, Mitchell? Yeah, you do. Cause you're the one who reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. We live in like this youth hub, which is just like. A house with a bunch of bedrooms with a bunch of troubled teens <laughs> who could not move home. Literally. Mitchell and I lived together in this house and you could lock your door. Well, Mitchell and our other roommate, what was her name? Amber. Yeah. Sounds like trouble already. <laughs> broke into. Yeah. Broke into my room through the window. Am I correct? Yes. <laughs> window. Okay. And he lost his V card on my motherfucking waterbed. Oh, yes. I remember you telling me this, the waterbed story. Yeah, dude. You almost got your ass kicked for that, though. (laughs) I did. Was it at least good, Mitchell? (laughs) No. (laughs) It wasn't even worth it? it, Explain to us how hard it is to have sex in a (laughs) waterbed. I told Kelsey, you got to wait, ride the wave like a surfer. (laughs) Gotta like counteract. (laughs) Yeah. Let me set the scene a little bit. Like we were both drunk. I was like, well, you kind of touched on it earlier, but like I was bullied for being gay from such a young age. And so like at that time I was 18 and I was like, I just need people to stop saying I am because I wasn't out yet. And so Mm -hmm. I was drunk with our other roommate and she was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Let's just do it. And she was cool. Like she was, she was fun and shit. Like, so I totally understand how it happened. But like my best friend, Veronica went off the fucking rail. Like she was going to knock Mitchell the fuck out. And well, it's funny because like I was always closer with you, but she was the one, Amber is the one who went and told you about it. And I was like, that's right. I was so embarrassed because I should have been the one if we were looking back. But I was like, I didn't want to ruin our friendship. So I just kept it a secret. But then hey, I got over it, dude. Yeah, I got over it. He had to lose his V card. And I mean, hey, it's a waterbed. I could lice all wipe the shit out of it. All good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mitchell, I think you should start with kind of just explaining a little bit of your backstory. Like, I'm super interested as well. Like, so when did it all begin? Because you just said that you didn't come out right away. So how long did you you know yourself and then till the point where you you announced it? Yeah, so it's funny because people probably started making fun of me and calling me gay when I was like 10 years old. And yeah, I was going to say ever since I've known Mitchell, people make fun of him for being gay. 
and but even then I don't think I even knew myself until I was probably like 12 like I I think that's about when I started to question it um, but I was still like unsure. I was like, cause I also grew up going to church and going to Bible camp. And so it was like, mm-hmm. and I was taught, you can pray it away. You're just not praying enough. You're not. And so I was in denial for so many years. And then finally when I was. And you pro- you were told always that if you felt that way, there's something wrong with you, Mitchell. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I was growing up in that small town. Like we were told that it's not acceptable. I had no, no. one to look up to, to, uh, there was no examples of how to be gay and an adult in, in that town. And so um, I remember I was going to come out as bisexual when I was 15. Um, And I remember I was like, I'm going to come out to my mom first. And I had this whole plan and she picked me up from uh, band practice one night after school and we're driving home and the song by the Veronica's came on. And I, and I was like, Oh, mom, you know, the people who sing this song, uh, they're bisexual. And she's like, I don't understand bisexual. She's like, I can get liking one or the other, but not both. That makes no sense to me. And those closet doors slam so tight. Yeah. You were like, I'm not saying anything to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that was my kind of question I was going to say, too. Like, I, from my perspective, knowing you pretty much my whole life, I knew. But you never told me. We all knew. But you never told. Is there anybody that you did tell, like somebody close to you, somebody in your family? The only person I told before I left Bancroft and moved to Fort Mac was Becky Bolt. And it was literally only a couple months before I left. So knowing that you couldn't go to your family about this, did this cause, like, I remember you being very angry all the time, like, did it cause mental issues? Like in, even in grade five, Kelsey, this, I remember him being so angry when people would make fun of him that you threw a chair mm-hmm. at our teacher, yep. our yep. very large teacher. <laughs> I was an extremely emotional child. Like Taylor, you can remember I was the biggest cry, oh, yeah. cry baby. Like mm-hmm. you can say, couldn't give me any criticism, couldn't say anything bad to me without me breaking down in tears. And I was just, it's just because I had so many emotions bottled up inside. And so, um, yeah. Where did this question start? <laughs> oh, but yeah, angry and mental health, mental health. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, so like as when I was really young, it was, it was lots of anger, lots of frustration, lots of just at a dime I was crying. And like, I remember from uh like grades five through nine planning to kill myself regularly and like my mental health was so negative then and I just I was in such a negative home situation as well like my family life has been was very unstable as an understatement Mm -hmm. and that's why like when I was 15 I left home and I started couch surfing on my friends places until I was 16 and then when I was 16 I was able to get into the youth hub which is it's a it's a housing program in our hometown that um, cater that is meant for youth 16 to 24 who are in troubled homes and so I had to leave so that I wouldn't act on some of those negative thoughts that mm-hmm. I was having. Yeah, like add to the shit that you're personally already going through, and I can imagine going through that because back then you are right, like coming out was very not okay. Like the, not okay. our parents' generation, no. their past generation, it was just um, something that was not okay. And it makes me sad because I can't imagine like our generation, like the shit you've had to go through. Like 
when you feel it in your fucking soul, like I can't imagine having to put on a fake face and like not show those emotions and not show. Well, it's just like, you know, when you're holding something from like your family or your husband and it's just eating you inside. That's what Mitchell felt his entire life. Yeah. You're like living a fake life because Mm you are trying to please others. I'm so thankful. And I mean, it's going to be many, many decades before, but I'm so happy to see where the world is slowly coming with the community. And so that's why I find your story so beautiful, because as much as you went through the tough part of it, no one will ever understand that this new generation will never fucking understand it. They will never understand how unacceptable shit was before. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they will not know what it... uh, they won't know what it's like to have your parents like look at you and be like so upset with you and you're sitting there and you're like, but this is what, this is how I feel. This is what I like. This is who I am too. Yeah. It's just, that's tough. Kids now, like a lot of them are still having some of these struggles, but it's definitely come a long way. But Mm -hmm. like, I remember growing up, fag was dropped on the regular around our house. Like it was, it was very clear that it was unacceptable to my family. And so it was, it was like, how do you, it was always trying to come to terms with, if I feel like this, does that mean? Yeah. And I'm going to call myself out right now because Mitchell has a sister who's a year older than him. And you know, Kelsey, you know, you go through that phase in high school where you want to hang out with the badass chick and you want to be badass yep. and you act like them. I treated you like shit, Mitchell, and I am so sorry. Because me and his sister would bully the shit out of him. And it was so wrong. And I apologize. And I'm calling myself out on open air about it. <laughs> that's real life shit, though. Like, that's what, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we've all fallen into that cycle where we have to act like our friends. And that's why it is so important to teach our children and people going f- like forward that just because your friend jumps off a bridge, you don't fucking jump don't off. Do it. Be nice no. to everybody. Cause there's and one be di- you. Yeah. Yep. It breaks my heart seeing kids act. Mm. Yeah. I was mean. I apologize, Mitchell. You know, you said before people were shit to me and I always forgave them and I was always, always forgiving. And, um, but I mean, so my sister, she is a recovered drug addict, but she was like, um, she really struggled for a lot of years, but she is clean now and a mom of almost about to be three. Wow. Yes, uh, beautiful. <laughs> and she's completely turned her life around. But yeah, in throughout high school, she um, really struggled with drugs. And that was a time when she was just getting into that, that you and her were bullies for lack of a better <laughs> word. Assholes. <laughs> assholes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a better word. There we were assholes. It's all good. <laughs> Another question I wanted to bring up. So, Me and Mitchell kind of took like the same journey. Like we both were like, fuck Bancroft. We're going out west, right? So Mitchell, you actually, you moved out a couple of years before I did with your mom, correct? So my mom was, my mom moved out here while I was still in high school and we lived at the youth lab. She just came here without telling me. So (laughs) isn't that great when your parents just leave the province and don't come back and don't tell you? (laughs) Yeah, right? Like I said, unstable family. Unstable, yes. But then when I was, Done high school, I came out here to go to college in Fort Mac and live with her. Okay, yeah. So then I moved out 
And I remember Mitchell had seen me and my friend driving downtown Fort Mac and messaged us. And you're like, I seen a freaking Bancroft Motors car. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> that was awesome. But yeah, so being up in Fort Mac, like I worked in the oil field as well. And I mean, the oil field is all like redneck, newfies, fuck you, bro. You know what I mean? Making fun of each other for sucking dicks. And mm-hmm. I mean, Mitchell works in the oil field. How the fuck do you do that? Because I'm telling you right now, those guys are not nice or filtered. <laughs> yeah, and I've had a few different positions. So like uh, where I'm at now is uh, it's an office job, but it's still it's with the shutdown people. So they're kind of the roughnecks of the office people. Mm-hmm. I'm at a new company for the last, well, I started there a week before the pandemic hit. So I've been working from home the whole time. But oh, perfect. Yeah. The culture nice. from what I'm seeing at this place is pretty good. But at the place I worked at before this, I was in the field and it was, it's not as bad as I would say it was when I first came out here, but it was, yeah, there people be calling people fags all the time. There was lots of homophobic slurs and graffiti was just, you wouldn't believe about like, yeah, it was, it wasn't a great working environment. Did people ever like directly aim it at you or did you, do you always, do you try to hide it? Are you still kind of in that where you try to hide it in certain situations? So definitely for the last few jobs, it was like, I'm not coming out to everybody until I, till I get to know them first. It's like, it was literally months before I told anybody. Um, and it was almost a year before I told anybody at my last job that I was a drag queen. Um, and then, but it, it was a long time of building trust and like making sure that people knew that I was a good worker and that it was, I was still just the same person. Yeah. Um, but then for my last couple of jobs, it's been, uh, well, actually the job I had before this one, I creeped all of the people on Facebook on my team on the first day, found out one of them was a lesbian. And I was like, that's my <laughs> friend. I got you now. Yeah. I don't need anybody else. <laughs> that's oh, so that's funny. awesome. Yeah. And I, all that was like, well, I was in contract work, which is very unstable. And so now I'm actually like in a staff position. And so I'm like, I don't give a fuck who says what, because I, I don't have to, I have job security now. Yeah. So now I'm yeah. like, now I'm completely open and it's, it makes things much easier. You don't have to worry. And yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, that's good. Cause I was like, and I guess it, yeah, it really depends on the setting. Cause like I was in the field, in the mine, like there's a whole different world out there compared to an office job, you know? Yeah. But been there, been there, done that. Don't want to go back. Like, and I'm all for like this person that wants to change the world and shit like that. So like, this is my little two cents is if anyone's watching and they're going through anything, I mean, anything is we as humans in 2021, I don't give a fuck if you're in the oil field or what you're doing. We need to start accepting people for who they are and no one should fucking hide their feelings or whatever. Like, you know, hearing that, I wish like there's a part of me that could just be in you and walk in that fucking place and be like, listen here, you don't fucking like it. There's the fucking door. And I know it's hard, but like we are in a generation where like, it pisses me off that people are still here to judge. Not everybody needs to like what you do or you do, but like, it's just sad to see someone that is genuinely happy with their decisions in life have to like still kind of walk around on to tell eggs. everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like 
and I mean, I've met some people that are like, I don't even know the word, like uh, where they're like, uh, homophobic. Is that the word? And I fucking hate that because it's like, why is that even a term? Nobody said you have to like them. Nobody said you have to like or want to choose that sex, but just. Yeah. But the sad thing is, Kelsey, is there are so many for later terms, assholes in this world that get pleasure out of making Mitch say, for For example, making Mitchell feel like shit because he likes to dress up and drag in his free time. Yeah. But, and I feel a lot of it too, is just people are insecure with their own self that they need to. And like, I do, I, I do have a lot more of the confidence and I do come into the room now and I am like, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. Like I am there now, but that took a long time of building up and it's, it took a lot of self-awareness to know that like, it's those people's problem and it's, and it's all comes from their own insecurities or their own ignorance. And I think like watching Mitchell from the outside in, um, I think the community that he's built within the drag community itself has really given him like the positive boost of confidence that he has always needed as a person to succeed. Like, cause I think when you're around them, it's always well, it's where like, he you're awesome. You're do- yeah. And everybody's like accepting him and pushing him to do better for that. And it's something he genuinely enjoys. Whereas like when he was in high school, like your parents are pushing you to do sports and that wasn't what Mitchell wanted to do. And, and then he's got the kids, the, the jocks at school calling him a fag and a homo. And there was never a pot. Like he had a few friends that were like, dude, like we know. And he'd be like, no, 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 no. He's still. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like you have that group that's just like that lifting has your you back. up and yeah. you're finally succeed. He's succeeding as a human where he was not before because he was. He didn't believe in himself. Mm-hmm. Well, and for you, you were like, why should I? Nobody else does. Yeah. And it was a lot of like internal soul searching and like uh, learning to accept myself. And like, cause I know we talked about earlier about not coming out, but like, even after I came out, I like, it was three years before I started doing drag. And I, I, mm-hmm. I really say that like, uh, when I did drag is when I really started to like embrace all aspects of myself. Cause I came out and I was like, yeah, I'm gay, but I'm like, I'm masked still. I don't want to do anything feminine. I don't want to be one of those gays. I don't know what a drag queen is. Like I pushed myself so far into that and I was still hating myself. And then I, I, um, I moved to Halifax for university and I just immediately became part of this community. And I was like a family and it was like, uh, I saw these drag queens perform and it was like, they had, uh, captured people's imaginations and like you could see how captivated everyone was and I was like I want to do that I want to feel that power that strength that courage and it was through doing drag and actually embracing my femininity femininity that I was taught to hate for so long and I was like oh no this is okay I because I remember I remember growing up my sister was, would paint their nails and I was like I want to paint my nails and I was like no you're not allowed and I was like why what's where I'd, and I would always steal my sister's Barbies and like, um, and I would get scolded for that. And so it's like, I can finally embrace both the feminine and the masculine aspects of my life. And through that, and through that self-discovery, I've gained so much courage and strength and like self-awareness and, uh, presence. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a hard journey and it takes a lot of work, but it's once you totally are free and willing to like, um, just be, be yourself and not worry about what people think. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. 
and it, and it's funny how you went back and to- the whole painting nails um, and the Barbie thing. I am very open to, I will always support my children no matter what they choose because that's what they want. And it's funny. Well, it's not funny, but like my fiance, he hates when my little boy, we have a sister, he has an older sister. So of course she has every girl toy you can imagine. Well, we'll dress them up in a fucking tutu. Well, um, he plays with Barbies. I mean, he's only one years old, but he doesn't notice a difference. And John kind of says, well, I don't want him playing with kid toys or uh, girl toys. Why the fuck not? I will never not tell my kid that's not okay because he's going to grow up one day saying, okay, so John, I can't go. I can't ride a snowmobile this this weekend with you because that's a boy toy. (laughs) Yeah. And they just don't see it that way. Yeah. Your kid is going to be queer or gay or straight or whatever, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And just having a, the more supportive environment you can make yeah. for them, the better. And like, yeah. and like, I grew up in such a small town. I was trapping and hunting since I could walk. Like I shot my first deer when I was eight years old and that's all part of me. And that's still a part of me. And it's still, so like all these stereotypical masculine things are still part of me, but also there's a feminine side of me. And like, there's nothing wrong with either one of them. And like, no, no. looking back, I wish I could go back to myself at like 10 years old and be like, you're gay. Just embrace it. Own it. Yell at all these, yell at all these assholes and tell them like, I, w- I wish I could go back. And every time someone called me a fag or a homo and be like, yeah, I am. What, yeah. you want me to suck your dick? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want me to like- <laughs> <laughs> So... What advice would you give to someone that is going through the same journey as you? So whether it's a mom that has a son that might be noticing it, like what as a person can we do to support as well a young individual? Yeah, for parents, I definitely say take the time to go educate yourself. Uh, Like do the research, go online and Google what some of these terms mean because language is always evolving and there's a lot of terms that like, I guarantee I would never heard growing up. And so like if a kid came to me and said they were genderqueer, I'd be like, you're what? So like go look up what those words mean and be open-minded and believe your kid. If your kid tells you they are something, they know themselves better than you could even imagine. And I know as a parent that can be really hard to know that you're, but your kid knows. And also sexuality and gender are, can be fluid and So if your kid comes to you one day and says, oh, I think I'm trans, and then like a month later says, actually, I think I'm just non-binary, embrace that. Let them, let them explore. Let them like you're, they're not hurting anybody. And it does, and the more supportive you can be, the better. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just be supportive. Listen to your kid. And if you're questioning, like, don't force them into a conversation they're not ready for, but like, make sure they know that you are accepting, like drop little hints. You are open to that yeah. conversation when they need to. Yeah. yeah. Like when my mom wanted me to come out to her, she used to, every time there was somebody gay in the news, she'd want to talk to me about it. Or she would like drop subtle hints. And I'd be, I was, it's funny. Cause I felt like I was out and like, I had changed my Facebook to interested in men for literally two years but my mom just kept like dropping little hints about anybody gay. And so like, I have a gay cousin. She's like, how's he doing? Blah, blah, blah. Out of nowhere. And, but yeah, she kept like dropping these hints, dropping these hints. And I was like, finally got to the point. And I was like, why do you keep doing this? And she's like, I just, I need to know, are you? And I was like, yeah, mom, you have me on Facebook. It's that interesting event for two years. Like, why are you like such an idiot? And yeah. she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, I wasn't worried about telling her. Yeah. But like, she just needed to have the conversation because she knew it for herself. She wanted you to tell her. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a parent, I would say like getting from this, your best advice, if you have a child going through this is like you said, don't question them. But the minute they do come to you and they do say something, if you first, first off, like you said, educate yourself. I don't care if you think your kids are straight as fuck or not educate yourself for every reason around you. And Mm -hmm. this way here, when they do come to you with that bomb drop, you don't react in a way where it instantly shuts them down, like something like you experienced. Well, and causes damage. Mm -hmm. It entail causes damage. Yeah. And another big one is teach your kids to be allies. Teach your kids to stand up for the gay kid. Teach your kids that like, like that's even a bigger one. Yeah. There's absolutely like yeah shout out to my stepson because he's that kid is he that's so he's good. That that's kid. awesome that's really like cool. somebody will call him gay at school and he'll be like don't say that yeah you, he's like somebody could have heard you and that would hurt their feelings yeah that's awesome i'm like good for that's you powerful. like good for you <laughs> yeah i feel like schools although i mean schools are another another problem in educating, like, again, we're in 2021, man, like this should be a, a normal conversation happening. It's not, but it's not. And that's exactly it. But I think again, as a parent, it is so important. Like you said, even if you don't have fucking kids and you're listening to this is just be educated and be supportive. Um, I, I mean, it doesn't take much to be a supportive person or a caring person. Uh, I see videos. And if you're not, just keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah, walk away. No one said you have to have your two cents. But exactly like Mitchell said, I'm a strong believer. If someone has something awful to say about you, take two minutes and re- not even two minutes, take two seconds and realize that there's something going on in their life that they have to take it out on you. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Like, I mean, yeah. so if you change that mindset right away, clearly, yeah. you know. Um, can you educate everybody? on like for you what is drag like is it you wanting to be a woman is it like a hobby do you do it for entertainment like what tell us about it tell us because I really and I think this is really going to be something that a lot of people are gonna be like I was scared to ask this question thank you for asking it Taylor (laughs) you know because we nobody knows because we're all still so afraid to offend you that we don't even want to ask these questions, right? Mm-hmm. So fill us in. Yeah, and, and I say as long as you come at a question like that with respect, then ask away. And like I always tell people, I'm like, you can ask me anything. If it's offensive, I'll tell you straight up. <laughs> but no, so. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Like just straight up, that is not cool to say. Don't say that again. <laughs> Yeah. For, so for me, drag really started off as purely a hobby, but as I like really grew to accept myself, it became part of my gender expression and how I express myself. So like I am two spirited, so I embrace both masculine and feminine. And so my drag is how I really get to express that femininity. And um, it's also a huge performance aspect for me. And so I don't have any intentions of transitioning. I <laughs> That was another question was, I had yeah. was, do you yeah. ever plan on having like a full surgery or do you want to be a straight girl or so? Yeah, you're answering. At this time, I say no, um, but like maybe down the road, maybe my mind will change. Maybe I will find that 
the feminine side takes over more. Like I said, gender and sexuality are very fluid and like it could change. And so, and I actually, when I started drag, I had other drag queens question me. They're like, are you doing this because you want to be a woman? Do you want to transition? And so like, I had to be very introspective and I was like, do I, is that what I want? And like, I really questioned myself and I actually, I had talked to other trans people and I was like, when did you know, blah, blah. And like every trans person I talked to, well, almost everyone has been like, I knew since I was a little kid and I was like, oh, okay, I don't have that experience. So I guess for me, it's not quite like that. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was. I love uh, that you've been able to like, not like, I know I'm, you probably know a few of them where they jump on that decision too soon and then regret it, right? Like you've given yourself the time to really explore yourself and figure yourself out, which a lot of even straight people can't do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is going to be gory. Oh, boy. If it, <laughs> if it offends you, please let me know. But explain to us the process of like you dressing up in drag. Like, how does that work? What What do you do? What are the steps? And, what are the steps? dude, you should okay. see this guy do makeup. I'm like, I'm in the mirror, like, trying to watch his little tutorials, <laughs> and I come out looking like fucking Morticia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, uh, for me getting in drag, uh, first thing I do is shower and shave the upper half of my body from like tits you up. You shave the whole top of your body, like tits up. Yeah. Even your nipples. You shave your nipples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. right around the nipples. Uh, <laughs> Full, like, chest, armpits, arms. I mean, sometimes I don't do my arms because they're blonde, but, like, if I'm doing a big event... Like, <laughs> it depends on the event. <laughs> depends on the event, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, and then do my makeup, and then I put on my padding. So I have, like, a big, giant, fake ass that's basically a big old couch cushion that's carved out. Can you send me the link for that? Yeah, uh, no I problem. need a big old fake ass that I can wear and take off (laughs) (laughs) mine might be a little extreme but yeah so padding secret is the big secret and then yeah that's about it okay and like so you do you wear like boobs yeah so my boobs are actually it's a nerf ball cut in half and so it's nice and lightweight a nerf ball like a like a kid's toy yeah this is awesome lots of people buy like silicone ones but they're so heavy and like yeah they break nerf. after a while like I've, had these nerf- like, <laughs> I've had these nerf balls for five years and they're lightweight they're great inexpensive <laughs> they're foamy they're right? foamy to touch That's no they're cool. super hard so everyone will like come in to give me a hug and they just like <laughs> poke themselves in the eye on my hard tit <laughs> <laughs> they're great. expecting soft and it's just bam that that is awesome that's great a uh, built-in fucking bubble so do you wear a dress like i don't i don't get like do you let your junk just here i am no so i'm still a boy bitch like <laughs> so with padding so you put on your so your ass my- hides your wiener well <laughs> your ass is so big on, you like- could tuck your wiener in <laughs> You can, but like, so when I put my pads on, you can. <laughs> so my pads are built into a pair of like nude shorts, but then I put okay. on like four pairs of tights over top of that, like dance oh. tights, so they're super thick. Yeah. Okay. So you do the old rugby style, tuck it in the waistband. <laughs> so, so for, <laughs> for, so most queens, how they tuck is your balls go back up inside your body because there's like a cavity there that they can go into if you're cold or like, if you call what? 
Yeah, you're, you're, there's a cavity where your Why do I feel like go I'm, I'm going to go have to play with Sean's ball. I'm having later. deja vu right now. <laughs> Why am I having deja vu? Like someone just recently told me you could tuck balls back in. Yeah, and then and then you to tuck, you just like put the penis down all like towards your asshole along your taint. Doesn't that hurt? It can hurt. And if you tape it. Yeah, what if you sit on your dick yeah. and just like a glow stick? Yeah, sit, sitting on your dick is not comfortable. But like, so for me... As someone who is fat, I have a fupa. So, like, everything just, like, hides in the fat. And so I don't have to, like, tuck like that. I don't have to do all that. I just got to adjust everything so it looks smooth and, and just squish it in the fat. I love the term, the fupa. My ex told me about the fupa. and We I- have to hashtag this. Hashtag hide the dick in the fupa. Put it in the fupa. Put it in the fupa. Everyone's always like, what's a fupa? And I'm like, it's a fat upper pussy area. I love it. When I first heard it, I was like, wait, what'd you fucking say? <laughs> yes. That's oh my beautiful. God. Fat um, upper pussy area. Fupa. Yeah. And then, and then because I'm wearing so many pairs of tights, it just smooths everything out. You can't, it looks beautiful. It looks like a, it looks like Barbie crotch. I am so glad you finally answered that for me. Cause I'm like, I literally will look at you guys when you're dressed up and I'll like zoom in and be like, where is it? Like, I don't understand. Where does it go? I just randomly thought of a question. Do you have any, like, trans transition or any kind of people that you look up to? Because there's a few that I follow and, like, I just love their stories. Like, YouTubers, influencers. Oh, there's so many. So, like... I started dragging in Halifax. So like um, my drag, I have a drag mother who's Rouge Fatale, who is a non-binary drag queen who I look up to so much. Um, there's El Noir, who is a trans woman of color and drag queen also in Halifax. Um, and then there's, I don't know if you watch Drag Race, but I love so many Drag Race queens. And there's so many other like non-drag race queens that I look up to. Like it's, Oh, I don't even know how I'd list them all, but like one of my best friends, Ella Limro, I look up to her so much. And there's just so many. I don't know. I wouldn't even know where to start beyond that. Okay. So here's two people that I know that I've been following. So do you know Gigi Gorgeous? Yeah. So I've been following, um, I was following him long before um, and he really educated me a lot. Like I watched his YouTube videos from day one. Now is this, I'm going to hold on. Is this appropriate? Like, how do we, like, cause I feel like Kelsey just said, I've been following him, but yeah, is so- that offensive? Like, should we be referring to him as her? Well, she would be a her now. That's the thing is she's yes. fully transitioned. It really, it's a lot of trans people, will refer to the younger self by their gen- by their sex assigned at birth, not by their gender. Um, other trans people really don't like that. And they yeah. always say, I'm a, I'm a girl, always call me a girl, even when I was a little boy or whatever. So like, it's really up to the person. I don't know about Gigi in particular. How I she, think Gigi is definitely like she, probably a she, a she only. Like, now. Yeah. Now, now she definitely is. I don't know because she started YouTube long before she transitioned. Yeah. And so I don't know when she's referring to herself in the past, if she does refer to herself that way or not. But yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm, I don't know the person, um, which I mean, fuck, I would love to meet her. But yeah, like uh, she started YouTube when she was like way, way back in the day. 
she slowly transitioned very slowly throughout the last, you know, I would say she fully probably transitioned recently, like five years ago. So that is someone that I've always looked up to. And I love, I just love everything about that and her story. And then I don't know much about Jeffree Star, but I do follow along with him. Now, I think he refers himself as him. So Jeffrey uses he and pronouns all the time. He does say that he's kind of fluid with his gender, and uh, but he's never come out as trans or anything like that. So, so yeah, Sima, where does this name come from? Because I always thought it was like Sima, Sima down, like Sima down for some D. <laughs> where does it come from? So the story of how I got my drag name. Um, my very first drag show, I was a, I was organizing the show as a fundraiser at university and I had hired this queen to be the host and I asked her if she'd put me in drag and she is now my drag mom. And so she, um, we were running late for the gig and actually, uh, and so she took a picture of me cause I, I wanted my name to be like cinnamon or ginger. I was like, I wanted like food related. Like a stripper name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I wanted. And she was like, my name is Candy Balls. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, you can't pick your name until you're done and in drag and we see what you look like. And then we'll know your name. And I was like, okay, fine. So I'm waiting. And so she, we're like running late. She sends a picture, sends it to her friend and like calls her and me. And she's like, I just sent you a picture. We need a name right now. Like, and she's yelling on the phone. Like, we're running late. We need a name. What is it? And her friend's. <laughs> her friend's like, whoa, you need to simmer down. And then my drag mom's like, that's the name. Hangs up the phone. That's awesome. Simma down. That is pretty cool. Okay, I was totally in the wrong direction. <laughs> I was like turning up for some D, and it's Simma down. Simmer down. <laughs> Tay. Simmer down. Simmer down. And then my favorite thing, there's this SNL skit that uh, Sherry or Terry, and she'll be like, Simma down now. Simma down now. And every time someone talks to her, it's like, you need to simma down now. (laughs) I love that. I really do like that. That's unique. That is cool. So tell us, like, I've seen, like, Instagram photos of you, like, reading books to little kids and stuff. And it's so cute. Like, this guy is literally involved in everything. And then I seen one of him, like, dressed up (laughs) in this, like, blue coverall dress. On a fucking forklift for like some Fort McMurray 30 under 30 or something. I'm like, explain to us a little bit of all the volunteer work shit that you do. So you mentioned uh, reading to kids. So at our library here, I have, uh, well, in non-COVID times, it's a monthly program where I read stories to kids and I'm in drag while I do it. And so and we, the stories we read are always about like having two moms and, or two dads or uh, about the kid that want the little boy that wants to wear dresses. And like, it's, so it's all about these stories about acceptance and uh, we've had a really great turnout and really great response for that. And like so many parents have reached out and been like, my kid was having trouble accepting their older sibling who wants to transition and then we brought them to story time and now they're like super accepting so like that one that's really near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. and something that's I really, awesome. that's really nice it's really, really nice to know it. that you can provide something like that for a child right yeah and yeah and a lot of times it's just opening the conversation and, and letting kids know that 
uh, embrace being different and stand up for the kids that are different. So yeah. that's one one big program I do. And then I've also go to like the local high schools and middle schools in town and talk to their GSAs, um, tell them a bit about my story or give them some queer history and just uh, just act as someone that they can look up to. Um, I also am the president of the Pride Pride Society here in town. So uh, we've had Pride now. This will be our fifth year going on. And so I run that organization. We've really been, we're small, but growing and being able to have pride in a town like Fort Mac. So when I first moved here, literally two weeks after I moved to Fort Mac, they tried to have a pride festival. The pride flag was ripped off the walls and burned in the parking lot. Uh And that was my first impression of Fort Mac. And so now all these years later, we have a successful pride organization and it's actually an actual uh, organization that's doing work in the community um tomorrow we're actually doing we're sitting down with the local teachers association and like giving them training and talking to them about our stories and then doing a panel of so that they can like learn how to be more supportive for their kids oh that's so good it is yeah. good because i feel like a lot of the teachers don't know like in teachers could be They're outlets for yet. children no and like that's the thing like they a kid could come to them because it's someone outside of their family and be like listen i need help with this and the teacher's like i don't know who the fuck to call like you know what i mean like yeah also with pride we do like we go to organizations and give them inclusion training teach them all these terms and teach them how to uh, make their workplaces better for their employees for their clients how to be inclusive um I, I sit on, there's a regional advisory committee in town here on inclusion, diversity, and equality. So I actually advise our municipal government on how to be inclusive. Oh, wow. I I also sit on our arts council and I've recently been doing, I sit on a committee for a, that doles out federal funding for different community programs. So that's a newer one that I've been doing. With in my job, I have we have um, workplace inclusion networks, and so I sit on part of the committee that it's an LGBTQ2S plus inclusion network, and so I sit on that committee, making sure that our workplace is inclusive. I swear to God, every every time somebody says that term, it gets longer. Every time somebody says it to me, what does that stand for now? So. The minimum people will usually say is LGBT, which is lesbian, gay, bi, trans. I usually try to go to at least Q2S, so that adds queer and two-spirited. But you can also get LGBTQIAAP, which adds intersex, asexual, agender, and pansexual. With acronym, it is a lot of letters, and that's just because there's so many, so many ways to be a person in this world. And like, it's nice to... Having these different acron, these different letters, these different flags, these different identities, it allows people to come together and have a community and like find their tribe and know that they're not alone in the way they feel. So I'm like, some people are like, oh, it's so long. It's like, you don't, we're not asking you to learn all of it. Just get most of them out, do your best, and just, yeah, just accept people and don't. A lot of people are like, oh, that's too many, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, get over yourself. Yeah. So anything you want to add before we wrap it up, Mitchell? Just make sure you wrap it up and be safe out there, kids. Safe sex. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? But no, seriously. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, he's talking about dicks. Yeah. Uh, 
practice <laughs> safe sex, kids, man. Practice safe sex. Yeah. No, just since this is since this is an audio program, tell them how beautiful I look with this giant hair, the sequin sequin gown that I'm wearing. How beautiful I look. Aya caramba. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kelsey, you win. So me and Kelsey had a bet that I thought you would come on as Sima, and she thought you'd come on as Mitchell, so she won. Well, I actually I did a panel this morning um, for murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls and two spirit people, and so I had done some makeup for that, and I was like, oh, I'll come on wearing that makeup, but I was like, no, I'm gonna go exercise, so I'm gonna take it all off first. <laughs> <laughs> you dick. Yeah, threw me under the bus. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was super cool to actually get to catch up with you, even because. Like you said, we've been friends for almost 20 fucking years. Let's never say that again. Oh, yeah, my no. God. <laughs> that sounds awful. Literally, like, two-thirds of our lives. Yeah, fuck that. That's awesome, though. I'm li- I'm really happy that we've just, like, keeping it strong, though. Yes. We don't keep communication very much, but, like, me and Mitchell always know, like, if I'm just like, hey, what's up? He's like, hey. Yeah. We're just still besties, right? Like... Yesterday, or yesterday, in your last podcast, when you were talking about your friend, I thought you were talking about me at first. Because you, like, start off, you're like, this guy, he gives the shirt off his back, such a nice guy, used to be my roommate, built, like, a truck. And then, you, and then you're like, and then he has COVID. And I was like, oh, not me. Not me. <laughs> so you're like, you're, you're like, I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> no, you don't want that to be me, Mitchell. No. But no, update on that. He's actually at home doing a lot better. In recovery. Oh, shit. Probably going to come on the podcast soon. Yeah. That's right. He'll tell us about it, but yeah. Yeah. He's got a fucking, going through COVID is fucking scary. I tell you that. Well, I mean, we're we're the COVID hotspot of the country right now. I've here. seen that. Jesus. I've seen like you guys are like the capita or something. But meanwhile, in Ontario, yeah, we we've been in jail for the last year. So fuck so we're you We're in jail guys. now too. We're in jail now too. About time. Thank you so much, Mitchell. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and sharing your yes. story. That's huge. Beautiful. Thank you for having me. For like actually opening up and for not like, I don't know, for not getting offended at these questions that I throw at you. But you know what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. My one good friend and I will be starting a podcast soon. So I'll have you guys on there once we get it up and going. I would love that. I would love to be a crossover episode. Yes. Yes. Crossover episode with the Toots crew. Yes. I think we should all just say bye. 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 Bye.